Welcome to the Comfortably Profitable Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Bowen, and please join me each week when we continue to discover the pitfalls of being comfortably profitable. So thanks everyone for joining us again. I've got with me Ed Sang, who is the most amazing performance coach. He believes in paying it forward, uh, does lots of charity work, and certainly getting your mind right to be able to pay yourself. So uh, please welcome Ed Sang. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Doing great, Ben. Thanks for having me. Well, I've been looking forward to this episode for quite a while because you and I have known each other two years now, would you say? Yeah, about that. Yeah, and I've been uh, I've been following your work, you know, reading your your email newsletter, and it's a point of inspiration for me on the regular. So I'm happy that my audience gets a chance to uh, get to know you, uh, hopefully, uh, over the last couple of years. So I did a little bit of an intro for you already in the opener, but it's really important uh, to me that my audience knows exactly who you are and and what you do. So if you could introduce yourself, that would be great. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, ironically enough, two years ago today, I was in Rio at the Olympics working with some Olympians on their mindset. And it was just an amazing experience. And what I found is that Olympians, gold medalists, you know, some of the top athletes in the world are just like the rest of us, right? They have to have the right mindset to succeed. They have to keep uh, the foot on the gas to succeed. And they also get negative and lack confidence, just like everyone else. So it, it was really cool to see the the mind of Olympians and an and honor to help them. But it's just as much an honor to, to be on this podcast because I know there's people that are listening right now who want to reach their peak performance in their job, in their relationships, in their health and fitness. So, um, you know, I've funny thing is when I started college, I was studying computers because my dad made me <laughs> and uh, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And after two and a half years, I failed out twice. I failed out, appealed it. I said, I'm sorry, I promised to work harder. They let me back in. I failed out again. I appealed it. They said, sorry, we can't let you back in. And at that point in time, I thought I was the stupidest Chinese person in the history of the world. But looking back, it was one of the turning points in my life and one of the best things that ever happened. And so I decided to follow my passion and started my own company, started working with elite performers in all walks of life from business to sports to uh, school and started writing books, started giving TEDx talks, started contributing for places like the Huffington Post. And the best part of that story is the school that I failed out of twice now asked me back almost every year to give lectures. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's really fun to help people perform better. And it's it's really an honor because it helps me as well. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that uh, detailed and honest story. Hopefully one day when you're back um, giving a talk at that school that you failed out of, they offer you an do- honorary doctorate for your work <laughs> in performance. Hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> that, that would be on the, cher- uh, the cherry on top. Definitely. So, you know, more recently, I know you've had a pretty amazing summer. Maybe you could let everybody know what you've been up to. Yeah. So, you know, every day is different for me. Um, they're all pretty, 
pretty packed. Um, and so I've been helping clients from all over the world, whether it's, uh, you know, on Google Hangouts, Skype, phone, in person, and uh, giving a lot of lectures, doing some writing and, and you know, hanging out with, with the family. But uh, one of the highlights was a few weeks ago, I was in Seattle. And I was selected to represent Team New Jersey for the Special Olympics USA Games. So I was a unified doubles partner for tennis. And just, you know, living in this beautiful, amazing world where it was all special athletes, coaches, and fr friends and family. We, we stayed in the dorms, we ate in the dining halls, just saw everyone every day, all over the country, um, all different sports, cheering each other on. And, and what a better, what better place could you find that, you know, somebody is totally happy coming in last because they gave their best effort. So that was such a treat for me. And um, it was pretty cool as well because we got outfitted by Tommy Hilfiger and Adidas. You know, they said bring underwear and toiletries. Everything else is taken care of. I mean, we're talking uh, full wardrobe, five pairs of shoes, you name it. Um, opening ceremonies, we had, you know, sharp blazers and, um, you know, button down khaki shoes. So, uh, that was really cool just to, I mean, it was like the real Olympics, but even better because it was just this emotional experience where everyone was less about themselves and more about each other and teamwork and, uh, and, and contributing. So it was so cool. Wow. That is amazing. You know, I think, you know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, as my audience knows, that uh, that finding a way to pay it forward is a real way of paying yourself. There's this story. Have you ever heard um, the fill my, fill my Bucket story? I think I got the name slightly wrong there. Have you heard of that story? Uh, I don't believe so. So it teaches kids, and it's certainly a lesson that adults should take as well, that if your intent is to fill your own bucket in life, the best and fastest way you can do that is by starting by filling others. Mm, I like that. And if you're not filling others, you're actually emptying them and in part emptying your own. So I think that's really great. You probably don't even know that you're filling your own bucket as much as uh, as you are others, because it sounds like you're super focused on the athletes and the cause that you were part of. So that's pretty cool. I'm glad you got a chance to share that, because um, when you told me that and I watched uh, watched there all the content on on Facebook, uh, you know, I was really proud of you as a friend. So that was pretty cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. So great segue. You said something about, um, you know, they were content or happy or fine with finishing last as long as long as they knew they gave their best effort. And, you know, on this show, we talk about comfortably profitable as being a state that's a cautionary tale. As you know, I know you read uh, a little bit of my, uh, my my article or my my thesis article yes. uh, in preparation for this call and comfortably profitable. It's it's a cautionary tale that we need to be aware of um, because it's actually, uh, you know, when you're about to start going down in your career, you know, you've kind of made it. You've worked hard. You've taken a break. You're celebrated but you just can't get back to putting your foot on the gas. And for many entrepreneurs, they're not really sure why. And the interesting thing is, is when you're in that state, you are definitely not giving your best effort, which is why you're not content with the results. Um, 
So, you know, what's your take on comfortably profitable when it comes to dealing with your clients? Do you see them in this state? Oh, every day, every day. I mean, the way I see it is, you know, it it doesn't take talent to give effort. In fact, I was I was with Derek Jeter the last week, week of his career, and and that's exactly what he said. He said, "There's no excuse for anyone to outwork you. It's a choice, you know." So it's it's really people being on cruise control. But one of my favorite quotes is, "Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard." And I think so many people rely on their talent and they cruise and they're not happy. They're not enjoying it. They're not in the moment. You know, I was working with a client the other day and I, and I told her, I said, we weren't put on this planet to hold back. I said to her, I was like, you're, you're like a, a Porsche, but you're driving with the emergency brake on. You're holding yourself back. And the good news, though, if somebody listening is holding back or on cruise control, the good news is it's a choice. You know, we can we can realize that and then just, you know, put the pedal to the metal um, because we know ultimately that it's not serving us in any way. And why would we do something that's not serving us? It's just a bad habit. It's just conditioning. Interest. Yeah, absolutely. And the conditioning pieces is, is is fascinating to me because do you find that? So my research shows that that. Comfortably profitable is usually a state that kicks in after some level of success. What do you think changes in the mindset of somebody to make them cruise once they've, you know, hustled so hard to build that that business out, the, you know, for the very first time to get enough customer revenue coming in to hire the employees that they want to hire and and, you know, cut themselves a paycheck and maybe take a vacation. So what's the conditioning that changes within them and why is it so hard to get out of? Well, first of all, I don't think it's so hard to get out of. I think people are just stuck and we'll talk, you know, a little bit more about that. But I think part of them thinks that, oh, yeah, I've made it. Right. But in reality, the most successful people know that they never make it. Right. It's, it's like what Bruce Lee said. Bruce Lee said life is not about limits. Life is about plateaus and constantly getting to the next plateau. So that's how I see my life. That's how I see my business. That's how I see every aspect of my life. Right. Yes. Am I satisfied with many things that I've done? Sure. But I know that I've never I will never reach my peak. But I strive to get a little bit better every day. I strive to improve my weaknesses. Um, but at the same time, enjoying the process. Because so many people think, oh, I'll be happy when I make that million dollars. Well, you may be happy when you make a million dollars, but it's probably going to be short-lived. So do you want to waste all that time leading up to it for something for short-lived happiness? Or do you want to enjoy the whole process? And if you make that million dollars, great. If you don't, great. You'll still be happy. Because there's a lot of people who are millionaires that are, you know, depressed and anxious and sad. Well, you're just a depressed, anxious and sad person with a lot of money. <laughs> so I think uh, we feel at our best. And this is my wheelhouse, right? Performance and mindset. We feel at our best when we're going for it, when we're living. You know, a lot of people die in their 20s, but they're not buried until their 80s. Right. They stop living. They believe that little voice inside their head that says, you know, life is difficult or I give up or, oh, I've made it. No. If you think you've made it, you're done. 
But the good news, like I said before, is you can be in that funk. You could be in, in that cruise control and still recognize that, hey, this, this is not getting me anywhere and just turn it back on. It's like an alarm clock going off. But I think a lot of people stay stuck because of that conditioning, because they think, oh, it's going to take a lot of work to get out of this or, oh, this is just how I am or this is just how, you know, a business life cycle is. No, it doesn't have to be that way. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Um, you talked about the voice inside your head and there seems to be a debate going on right now. And, you know, you and I, first of all, we agree that these are just excuses and challenges that you need to you need to surpass. But the debate is, is is that voice inside your head? Is that something that you've conditioned yourself to or is that something that's been put in your head by somebody else? And uh, all and of the above your actions. Yeah. So do your actions change depending on on which scenario that is? They don't have to. That's the good news. I don't care what thoughts and feelings you have inside. You can still take the right action. That's huge. But most people I can't tell you how many people say, Ed, uh, I've got a big, uh, big lecture coming up. Uh, please help me get in the right mindset before that lecture. Well, that means that they, that tells me that they don't get it. You know, I was working with a top wrestler. He was all state. He won states every year uh, for wherever. I think he was somewhere in the Midwest and um, one of the best athletes I've ever seen. And he said to me once that I'll never forget. He said, Ed, it really doesn't matter to me what, what I'm thinking and feeling before a competition. I just go for it. So when when business people and entrepreneurs and anyone on the planet for that matter – believe that voice inside their head it can hold them back but if you know that that voice is just random and temporary and not instruction or a prediction then you just do what you need to do yeah and i think i think that's huge because then you don't have to you know i i, I read something the other day uh, on social media and it said uh be a proton you know, always positive. Well, let me tell you something. I guarantee you the person that posted that is not positive all the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> absolutely. Look, we're humans. We're not robots. I mean, when I was in Rio, I can't tell you how many athletes I saw with negative thoughts and fears. But the ones who performed the best just did it anyway. They got back to training. They got back to being in the moment and getting ready to compete, to prepare. So, I mean... We live in a society where we think we need to always be positive. We think we need to fix bad thinking. Well, I, I may be the first person to tell you that you don't have to fix it. You know, if Ben, if you had a dream tonight and in your dream, I said to you, Ben, I really don't like your hairstyle, your taste in clothing. In fact, uh, you know, your, your voice uh, on your podcast is really annoying. You know, would you email me the next day and say, Ed, that was really rude. Uh, you should apologize. You wouldn't, right? Because it was a dream. It didn't happen. Well, guess what? Our dreams are what we're thinking about when we're sleeping. So if we don't care about our thinking when we're sleeping, why the heck do we care about our thinking during the day when we're awake or getting ready to give a lecture or sales calls or having a big meeting? You know, so some people have nightmares, but some people have daymares too. And they scare themselves and it holds them back. But it doesn't have to be that way. You might have a thought of, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm cruising. I'm good. 
right? I don't have to do anything. I don't have to make those calls. I don't have to ask for referrals. Well, you don't have to, that's true, but good luck. (laughs) Yeah. I love that Daymare's analogy. Um, I will take that with me. That's probably, that's the gift you've given me from this call. appreciate that. Um, So I talk a lot about ambition and, you know, for an entrepreneur and probably an athlete, but definitely for an entrepreneur, if it's not being fed your ambition, that's when you get in a downward cycle. Um, and I, I describe the ambition, your ambition is like a rudder on a ship that can take you to interesting places as, as long as you're feeding it. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is that? And, you know, with the people that you work with and, I think the bigger question is, is how often do you need to be feeding your ambition to stay up? Because you talk about not always being positive. Yep. Would, would feeding your ambition fall into the not always feeding, but uh, and still being OK? Or or do you view that differently? I know that's kind of a, I don't know, a 12, 12 prong question. I threw <laughs> I'm just thinking it through. But uh, it's an important one. Yeah, don't worry. I've already simplified it in my own mind. <laughs> of, course, of course you did. Uh, so I have a different take on ambition and mindset and mental toughness. I believe that we're born ambitious. I believe that we're born focused and motivated and stress-free. And so when you look at young children, okay, my daughter Ava is five. My son Max is three. Man, are they ambitious. Right. When when my daughter was trying to walk, do you think she took a couple steps one day, fell over and said, you know, I, I didn't walk yesterday either. Man, I, 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 I don't know if walking's for me. No, she got back up and tried again and tried again and tried again. She was ambitious. She was motivated. And eventually, guess what? She learned how to walk and now she can run. Now she can swim. So if young children are ambitious and mentally tough, that's how we're born, right? Marion Williamson is one of my favorite authors, and she said, love is what we're born with. Fear is what we learn to hear. And that can be true for ambition as well. Ambition is what we're born with. Fear is what we learned here. Or comfortability is what we've learned here. So I don't think we need to feed ambition. I think it's nice to have a reminder you know, maybe have a reminder of why am I doing this? You know, and when I think about my why, I get emotional because I do it for my kids. You know, I do it to have a nice life and and to buy nice things and and to uh, be financially secure. But a lot of times, when we are cruising and comfortable, we forget about that, and then that ambition. Even though it's still inside, it kind of fades away the same way that sometimes it gets cloudy, you know, but the sun's still behind there, right? The sun can still peek out at any time. So I think sometimes our ambition gets cloudy, right? Because we uh, are go, 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 and and we don't remind ourselves of the why. Um, But I think that it's it's always there and we're born with it. So, So I don't think we necessarily have to feed it. I think... It goes away sometimes when we start believing the other voices that pop up. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's funny, those other voices that pop up, you know, when you're not feeding your ambition, um, it's not just in your own head. It's also society, right? You know, everyone wants to emulate the entrepreneur 
that looks like they're on cruise control and, you know, cutting out early, taking days off, going on big vacations. Um, But what they don't know is that's usually the moment in that entrepreneur's life cycle where they're the most dissatisfied because their effort level is lower than than ever before. But those outside influencers, you know, they they. they acknowledge the fact that they think it's cool that they're in cruise control because they now that to them that's that's what success looks like or that's what they're hoping success looks like. So as that entrepreneur or per, high performer, you know these these voices they come from all over the place and certainly social media is is feeding what success looks like should look like too. But to a real high performer, it's a it's a different set of rules and I'm not sure the whole world really understands and respects what it looks like to really be successful. Yeah, it's kind of like the visual of uh, an iceberg, right? You see the tip of the iceberg above the water, you see their vacations or them, you know, comfortable and cruising and taking days off. Um, but most of that iceberg's underneath the water, right? So you that that part of the iceberg that's underwater is all the hard work. And they and they may look like they're on vacation, but they could be working hard and, and, and grinding behind the scenes. We don't know. Um, but yes, you, you are correct. The good news is we don't have to let society and social media affect our actions. You know, for me, life always throws stuff at you, sometimes at the same time. So for me, I feel like a Chinese Superman. You know, bullets bounce off Superman's chest. Well, those bullets are what life throws at you. Adversity, you know, uh, your workload, meetings, complaining customers, uh, family stuff going on, uh, your bank account, the weather. You know, we, we can live like everyone else lives, but then, you know, we're going to get their results, you know. So in reality... When, when life throws, shoots those bullets at us, we can be truly bulletproof if we know that it's just perspective, right? You take 100 business people uh, in the same situation. They're not all going to react the same way. They're not all going to perceive and see it the same way. You take one person who lost their job, he's going to be like, oh, my God, my life is over. Kill me. Another person's going to be like, yes, I've always wanted to start my own company. This is it. You see what I mean? So it's never the external. And hopefully, you know, if you and and whoever's listening, if you can take away the fact that, man, what life throws at us, all this adversity, all these challenges don't have to affect us. I mean, that's the best feeling in the world, because if you think you're going to go the rest of your life not facing adversity, you know, you're you're uh, in, in for something. But if you see that, hey. It's going to happen, you know, and it's just my perspective. Then you can still keep your keep the pedal to the metal and and sur- quickly surpass others. And so that is to me peak performance. And that's why the the mental game, our mindset is the foundation for all success. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, Ed, it's been really great talking with you. Um, more importantly, you know, as, as you know, part of my mission is making sure that entrepreneurs, you know, they understand that uh, we need to respect the comfortably profitable state and find ways to continuously pull yourself out of it. Um, and you've helped me shine a big spotlight on that today. So I appreciate it. But before I let you go, continue uh, saving the world there, Chinese Superman. <laughs> 
maybe you can uh, give three things that uh, my audience could do to get unstuck um, um, sooner than later. Um, maybe just three. Maybe the list is longer, but let's give your best three. Okay. So the first thing I would say is you're not stuck. You just think you are. You know, stuck is a is a perception. It's just a thought. But if you believe it, then you're going to find ways to confirm it. <laughs> and that's what you're going to focus on. So when I talk about focus, most people don't get it. They're like, oh, I need to focus. Well, the reality is we're always focused, but sometimes we're focused on the wrong thing. You know, when I was in Rio, uh, what if I was with Usain Bolt and I was racing him, but he was facing the wrong direction? I'm going to (laughs) win. So I think I think the question is not are we focused? I think the question is, what are we focusing on? Right. So you don't have to focus on the, the fact that you feel stuck. Just do it. Just do what you need to do, regardless of how you feel. The second thing is. You know, knowing that no circumstance, situation, customer, significant other, child, bank account, no external thing can affect how we feel on the inside. It's impossible. From a low state of mind, we see something a certain way. From a high state of mind, we see the same exact thing totally differently. Low state of mind, my car's a clunker. High state of mind, my car's a classic. They don't make them like they used to. Right. So so that's huge for people. And the third thing is, you know, a lot of people say, don't believe everything you hear. I say, don't believe everything you think. Just like with, you know, if you had a bad dream, once you wake up and realize it was a dream, you're good to go. So once you wake up to the fact that, hey, we're going to have negative thoughts. Hey, we're going to have insecure thoughts. Hey, we're going to have comfortable thoughts. But they're just thoughts. They're just random. They're just temporary. We can still do what we need to do. Because the truth is, winners do what losers don't feel like doing. I don't care if you don't feel like doing it. Just do it. Beautiful, Ed. Great, great way to uh, leave off. Um, I know that I'm going to be getting a ton of messages with people asking how they can find you, you know, if if they don't use the, uh, you know, use Google to help them out, um, which I'm be surprised that they didn't. But let's let's make it easy for them. Where can they find you? Where's the best place to get your content? Sure. So um, my website is edsang.com, E-D-T-S-E-N-G.com. And my email is ed at edsang.com. Uh, and I'll give you my number two. It's 609-558-1077. And let, I just came up with an idea. Let's do something crazy, Ben. Um, for For... A lucky listener, I'm going to give away a free one-on-one coaching session with me. So you give a, give it away uh, as you see fit, however you want. It could be random, could do a little contest, but uh, I'm happy to do a free session with someone um, you know who needs it. And uh, you know, like I said, you could call it pay it forward. You can call it that I love what I do and I really want to truly help people. Um, call it what you want, but um, you know, it's been a blast being on here, and I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, that's amazing, Ed. Okay, so when we put this out, we will promote that heavily. So you might get a lot of people asking for that free um, session, and you're going to have to figure out how to handle all the people <laughs> asking for a free session. So sure. you've done it to yourself, my friend. And uh, I look forward to uh, our next discussion. You have a great day. Likewise, you too.